Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left 4 Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Ray. And I'm your other co-host, Chris. And today we're talking about Bird Box. Bird Box. This was, again, all Chris's idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we're still, we're, we're getting back into the swing of things for 2019, so uh, if you... Um, if you caught up with our last episode, uh, we did Black Mirror Bandersnatch, and that was a hell of a ride. Oh my god, uh, it was so good, though. <laughs> so good. A little bit late, but better late than never. Um, so I really, really wanted to do uh, an episode about Bird Box, because uh, this came out um, on Netflix on December 21st, 2018, and then for like a week and a half, yeah, a week and a half, like just all of social media was filled with these memes. And um, I think both of us, we abstained from watching the film, but all we really knew about it was from like the quick, like the occasional promo that we might may have seen and mostly all the memes. Yeah. My understanding of this movie before I watched it was that this was a quiet place only with sight, not hearing, which, um, yes and no. Uh, in a quiet place, if you make noise, the creatures eat you and you're just gone forever. In this, there is a dual possibility, like two, two different things, like two different situations that can happen to you when you get neurologically possessed by whatever this is which i have thoughts about so let's do this so right right to preface this when when we were discussing uh or pre-playing this episode you were like i have many thoughts about this movie (laughs) i do i do and 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 here's the thing is like when I'm watching a movie, I'm not, like, stopping it to, like, write notes. I'm watching it, and then if I think of something, I just write it down. So I'm showing Chris the piece of paper that I wrote everything down on, and short of the question that first came to my brain when this all started, my first thought was, John Malkovich really shouldn't pitch, piss off a hormonal pregnant woman with a shotgun in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, John Malkovich plays a type. He plays, like, the unhinged guy in a lot of movies. The unhinged drunk. This in this is true because yeah. he he clearly needed something to get by. And then my next thought was B D Wong. No, with B D Wong. Face. Because when you have B D Wong in a movie and he only lasts like twenty minutes, my heart hurts. No, don't. Why don't? Why he was so great. He was. I I love B D Wong so much, and especially because he was playing. Uh, uh, the other half of a gay couple that lived next door to John Malkovich. I was like, no, 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 I need more of this. I need, like, your hubby. I need more interactions with you guys, but no. Yeah, and, like, the the dynamic between um, Malkovich's character, Douglas, and uh, Greg, which is B.D. Wong's character, it was a little bit catty, but sweet. Like, they're they're, like casually trading back and forth insults but like but it's like a it's like a very thinly veiled politeness at least from bd bd wong like well bd wong was being a a good sport but like there was some underneath there was like underlying tension well yeah but it's not like john malkovich had a problem with the fact that he was gay or that he had a husband or anything like that his literal only gripe with him was that he wanted to build something different in his house and was suing him for it just because he would have to look at it as as sandra bullock pointed out he's an asshole he's just an asshole (laughs) that's that's all it comes down to (laughs) which also later like towards the middle of the movie john malkovich says there's two types of people in this world there's like assholes and the dead ones and i have to be honest with you pd wong dies very early in the movie so he's and he was like a genuinely like good person sandra bullock is kind of an asshole in this movie and John Malkovich is kind of an asshole in this movie, and they get the far... I mean, obviously, Sandra Bullock gets the farthest, but they go pretty fucking far in this movie. Anyone with, like, a pure 
ness about them does not really like last that long. So in a sense, I guess John Malkovich was right. This okay. Well, I want to. I want to. I want to get your hot take on this. So this film is definitely a post-apocalyptic film, and um, so they play with the trope at, at, uh, where um, it's very nihilistic, um, and because all the, the world is the world is collapsing, size collapsing, rules and civilization and all the mores that come with it don't really apply as much anymore. It's just pure survival, and because of that, you have people you know who are just throwing morals out the window so like sandra bullock is is becoming even more detached uh from her kids she doesn't even acknowledge that they're her children she also calls them boy girl she doesn't actually name her children exactly which is something that like that you get really taken back from it's like oh this is this is so jarring um but like it all called, comes down to survival. Like, Sandra Bullock is always just on survival mode. It's like if she named them and something, it, it makes it more real, which means she has more to lose. It's like, I'm not going to give you a name. I'm not going to tell you I'm your mom because if something happens, I won't survive this either. So it's just easy to create that distance, which we see at the beginning of the movie, she's struggling with being pregnant because it's obviously like wasn't something that was a part of her life plan that she was just going to deal with. Um, even the doctor was like, look, you, you need to face facts. Like you are pregnant. You are going to have this baby, but you don't have to leave the hospital with it. If you don't want to, there are plenty of other families out there who would want a kid. And it goes, so she's already like detached from this baby. And then she gets settled with two. And it, and it's like, She's human enough where she's not going to, like, abandon the babies, but she doesn't, she she can't afford to give them uh, a normal life because things aren't normal and she has to teach them to be hard and, and to try to trust her. And, like, the way she does that is not through, like, love, it's through discipline and a lot of times, like, fear and, like, intimidation and anger fear and like and like army type uh like drills like she has them in the garden and she's like do you and she's like clacking rocks she's tapping rocks together and she's like do you hear this if it's louder and and it's like training it's like boot camp yeah and then the similarly with john malkovich i mean he's just an asshole i mean yes he's very rough around the edges but i mean he survived really long just because he was a prick <laughs> Yeah, he has a prick, and with with that comes with a sense of paranoia and a sense of like social distrust that kind of works in your favor. Because like in this type of world where it's dog eat dog and everyone's out for themselves, um, you know, and you have you you're maybe you're you're like the type of person who wants to protect your pack or just wants to you know see the next day. Sometimes. Being the asshole like Don Malkovich is a valid motive option, and you know, and to to sing that point home, just rest in peace, B.D. Wong's. Um, like, my God, that 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 scene like really got. No, to it me. really did because I I really thought it was gonna work, and then obviously not. He John Malkovich does a great job of being this asshole because he spends so much of his time distancing. He he he's in this house that he's now taken over as his own because his neighbor is dead, and he's in this house with all these other people. And yes, he's in survival mode, and yes, they all want to survive. But he still doesn't make a connection with anyone. He still distances himself from all of these people. Well, the thing is, like the only like the biggest connection got robbed right at the beginning because um the whole reason yeah, why but i have a feeling he still would have been like that even if bd wong survived well not not not, not bd wong um his wife oh, lydia his wife? uh Ross... oh, well that's yeah 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 so that's that's sort of where i was gonna go with that he told the story to central folks character mallory um about how he had two wives that would rather be anywhere else other than married to him. And then it was really three times the charm for him when he found his third wife, Lydia, who dies very early on in the movie. And 
he it's just it was sort of one of those things where it's like wow you really like distanced yourself from everything and everyone no matter what situation you were in like I don't care what he says there's no way everything was all peachy keen with his third wife but it's sound from the sound of it he's always been that much of an asshole and it's why he survived so long and that's why he had every right to distrust the guy that came through the front door thanks olivia um that oh that whole thing though that was fucking heartbreaking i didn't think there was anything really wrong with him i thought there was something weird but i didn't think there was anything really wrong with him until he was listening to the kids being born upstairs and he sat down with the sketch pad and started taking all those drawings out. I was like, oh no, there's something real fucked up about him. So now that we've just like skipped over the entire movie. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, let's, let's okay, backtrack back a little just, bit. Like, a bit. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen Bird Box, um, or you just decided to watch this film, or watch, or you just decided to listen to this without watching, uh, here's a brief breakdown. So... Um, well, the main character is Sandra Bullock as Marjorie, and she's pregnant. Yeah, and um, uh, while she's visiting, uh, the clinic, there's this mysterious, uh, epidemic of mass suicides, um, originating in Romania and spreading across Europe and, um, parts of like Eastern Asia, so like Russia and stuff, and. Um, so the, there's like this false sense of security. Oh, like the, it's not gonna, it's not gonna come over here. Um, although it has some people on edge, people are starting to like buy up water and bread, like like you do in any natural other disaster. And um, and then shit gets really real really fast. Where um, Sandra Bullock sees a patient. Um, that she walked by earlier, that she was completely fine, and she's like smashing her head into a glass wall, and then everyone's like just just cars just are start going off the road and veering, and it's people are like fucking mayhem after this. Yeah, uh, and then Sandra gets um gets a really firsthand personal experience or encounter with this because uh she's with her sister um at the clinic and they're rushing they're driving away from the hospital and um completely out of character uh her sister sees something start her eyes start morphing to like this weird uh, weird greenish color um and it's like all this it's all flecked and deformed looking it's like she doesn't have irises anymore um and then she intentionally crashes the car gets out and steps into the path of a moving truck and kills herself um and so this weird like i liked how it played like like it's it's like all this chaos and like there's like no context and um you're slowly getting clues as to what it could be but um and you find out that uh the source of this mysterious epidemic is the machinations of like some sort of like creatures um or like a virus or like uh, one of the characters thinks it's like it's judgment day it's uh oh yeah it's based on um, the end times univer- yes it, 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 the end times is based on a unified collective unconscious sort of archetype of uh you know the end of the world like throughout the entire movie like you never really see you never see the monsters straight up and, and i love that fact but even the fact that they alert uh, they allude to it as like a work of a monster like you still have to keep wondering like is this just hearsay is it like some actual virus like i just loved how it it keeps you guessing i love how there was this great effect where i only really noticed it when they were in the forest or in a heavily wooded area um when it's coming like when you can hear it but you don't really see it yet 
right before it gets to that point, the leaves just sort of float up. Kind of like, um, you know when you rub a balloon on your head and it, it was sort of like that kind of effect. Everything like some sort electrostatic of stood up. Exactly. Uh, effect. Yeah. And like everything just stood up. Like the leaves, their hair, their th- and it was that was a really, really cool effect. And for once I actually didn't mind that you never saw the monsters or the creatures. I feel like that's more terrifying because when the creepy guy gets let into the house, he's got like fifteen different sketches and they're all different. And the thing the thing is with like uh the guy the the crazy guy who breaks into the house or like he gets let in. Yeah, he gets let in, and he, he he's like an unreliable narrator. Like, you don't know if he's possessed by something or he's just really off his rocker. Um, and but you just see like these really creepy sketches, and each picture is like radically different from the other. Which I do think, though, does go with the fact that. Everybody hears voices right before they take you over. But they're all different. So when John Malkovich's wife before... She, oh my God, hers was the most heartbreaking. She went to go help Sandra Bullock because she was pregnant. And then... And she fell down. Yeah. Well, no, she, oh, she Sandra, stood Sandra there. Sandra fell down. And then, Sandra fell yeah. down, but Lydia, the wife, stood there and she was like, Mom, no, don't leave. And she gets into a car that's already on fire and sits in the driver's seat. And then, and, that's the how she, and then the car blows up and that's how she dies. And just the fact that like everybody hears or sees something different because John Malkovich made a point of saying, no, she wasn't talking to her mother. Her mother's been dead for 10 years. And when Mallory was running through the forest, she heard her sister. She heard her lover. She uh, she heard herself. Kids, she, she heard herself her at yeah. one point. So I think the fact that this guy's drawings weren't of the same thing sort of went along with the fact that not everybody hears the same thing when this overtakes you. You're obviously shown something horrifying because she said that her sister Sarah Paulson's character had never looked so scared in her life and she never gets scared of anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And I think that that is a really, really interesting concept. And I like that there's no solid answer to it. But that does also go into the fact that, um, and I would love, and I'll get into why I love this in a second or much later. There's three different outcomes when these creatures come to you. You either don't look and nothing happens to you. You look and you kill yourself or you look and you're somehow still able to walk around. Is it is it a matter of acceptance or like what what is it? So they they intentionally keep it so vague or not vague. They they give you like multiple choices um, and there's no clear answer. So um, they mention that some of these um the the survivor quote unquote survivors or like the the changed or what however you want to call them the ones who saw the abyss and they came out the other side like they I remember I think it, this is also a factor that comes up in the book which the movie's based on that uh the people who kill themselves they are weak willed and they're afraid to see the truth um w- quote or quotation marks the truth or the whatever um sort sort of metaphysical abstract cops that they're learning to um and like people like gary he's he keeps on saying do you see it don't it's beautiful isn't it and um he, he says things like oh i wish i uh it's a shame that i had to kill you uh it's a shame that you didn't get to see so um, it could be some type of like Lovecraftian eldritch horror thing where they see the face of Cthulhu and they're like, oh, this is the cosmic truth. And it's so weird. It's so crushing that it, it destroys the minds of the weak ones. But I, I'm changed. I'm enlightened. And now I need to spread the truth. And what, what these crazies do, they drive around and they find other people who are not infected and they force their eyes open and to change them whether 
which is so messed up. It's like, oh my God. Well, one quote that kept coming up was, it shall cleanse the world, everyone must look. And the other variation would be, everyone must see. It was, and it's like, you could read that in so many ways. It's like, oh, okay, is, it, is this like the rapture? Which is what one of the characters thought it was to begin with. He was like, this is the end times, the end is nigh, like, we're all gonna die. Yeah, or is it like, super crazy fucked up ghosts, or demons, or some ethereal virus who knows i don't know because they leave it so open i feel like there are a million different ways you could you could take all of this you know what i mean i my biggest i think my biggest thing at the end of all of this was why why do some of these people live and why do some of them die is it it, it has to be more than just an acceptance thing it has to be more than that. I mean, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just that simple. I don't know. Okay, if it's like a, a virus, uh, or like a or or some organic bioagent, maybe you could explain away. Oh, it's some ge- genetic predisposition where, or like some people, some part of the population can resist the effects of killing themselves, but they still get unhinged and, um. Although I think you could poke some holes that through that theory. I think now I think of it. Well, I mean, I think th- uh, there is something to be said about the unhinged part, only because Gary obviously could have been lying, but part of me thinks that maybe he wasn't, and that is truly what happened to him. Only he didn't survive, like he had surmised. Um, that the people from the institution down a ways or far enough away, um, got out and sort of forced them open forced everyone else's eyes open and like force them to see now people who are in a mental institution you have an illness you have an imbalance whatever you want to call it and that might have something to do with it maybe it's neurological on that level maybe people who have some sort of mental illness i mean which if that's the case i don't like how mental illness is now then being portrayed but again it's all guesswork at this point but if everybody who gets to accept what's being quote unquote given to them is mentally ill and they're mm-hmm. the ones that are forcing people to do all of this, like think about what that says and the implications of that I don't know if I like that, but given the, I like, I don't, there was just, there were no answers. So that is one way to look at it. It's a real shit way to look at it. And I'm not saying I agree with it, but there was just so much there was so much room for all of this. Also, <laughs> the way the movie ends, there aren't that many sighted people at the end of this movie. Yeah, so... Which was kind of fucking brilliant. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think this is a long way of saying we don't know what's the impetus of the or the or of these... Apart from the fact that apparently blind people will inherit the earth if this really happens. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> in this scenario, like, yes. Which is, is very, fine. Yeah, it's great. I got, I got no problem with that, but that means the rest of us are screwed. I mean, I was, a, okay, so I was a really weird child, not gonna lie. I mean, this is the same person that, like, watches slasher movies to calm herself down. So, yes, I was a very weird child. And I used to have a little too much time on my hands. And I would close my eyes and walk around my apartment and see if I would... I still know where everything is. That is a practical skill. Like, what happens when the power goes out and you don't have your phone and it's out of battery and you don't know where the candles are and there's and then all the flashlights have gone missing? So, I mean, like, so here's the thing: is my grandmother used to do this thing where she used to count steps everywhere. So she used to say it's 39 steps from from the back room, which is the room that was next to mine, to the kitchen or to your parents' bedroom, one of the two. So that was something that always just like stuck with me. So I was like, okay, forgetting about steps, let's say I'm panicking. What if I can't see for some strange reason? Can I get myself through my apartment? And I used to like fuck with that. I don't know why. No, Ryan, you're training for the post-apocalypse. That is, yes. (laughs) Maybe I was. That's very practical. (laughs) But I would like walk, I would shut my eyes and like go from my bedroom or the back room where the TV was. I would shut my eyes. I would walk to my kitchen, open the fridge and try and pour myself a glass of water without spilling too much. Just to Mm. see if I could do it. That's brilliant. I love it. I was bored as hell, clearly. <laughs> I don't know why, like, what would possess me to do it? 
That's fun. That's great. <laughs> so I would win the bird box challenge. Uh, that we're not gonna do. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, please, 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 please. I, I, I hope. I hope to. I hope that the bird box challenge is not active right now. I mean, I, I you know, memes and like challenges live like and die really already, quickly. Which yeah. Is fine. Um. But yes, and uh, please just use common sense. Yes. I was in the safety of my own apartment where if I broke something, at least I would know what I broke. (laughs) Like, I was home. I was also, like, 11. The stupidest thing I read about the Bird Box Challenge... Was the stupid YouTuber that did the Bird Box Challenge into oncoming traffic? Yeah. He did it for the views. Wasn't that Logan Paul? No, but something I feel like Logan Paul would do because he... He... I don't know. He's already proven to be an insensitive human being. Yeah. Anyway, it's not about Luck of Paul. This is about no, Bird not. Box. I will I will say though, my I do have like two critiques about this movie. One of which was that if you shaved off about 30 minutes of this movie, it would be great. I feel uh, like you felt like it dragged? I did think it dragged a little. How, how long was the runtime? Like two hours? Two hours. Okay. I feel like you could have shaved a half an hour off this movie and it still would have been fine. Like because w- where where did it really drag for you i felt like it i i, I felt like the tone of the entire movie was like this super slow burn um and i really like that i think the, I, don't know. the I think the back and forth oh like the transitions between like present and past there wasn't anything wrong with it but i feel like there were certain things that you could have expedited a little bit like you didn't have to show them so much like being asleep in the boat or her like taking a break or her rowing or whatever like they were showing the time passing on the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, so that didn't really matter. I don't think you needed to cut back all of that much. I mean, we found out later how long the journey was supposed to be. So yeah, yeah, it's like right. forty-eight hours. They said it was like a little over forty-eight, like forty-eight hours, something like that, and that's that's fine. I'm fine with the fact that we get that information later. I just don't think you needed to go back to the boat as much. And if you did go back to the boat as much as you did, maybe a little bit more time has passed. Maybe you didn't need them just having a trip down the river before you cut back and then cut back to the crazy guy with the glasses that attacked them in the boat. You might not need that. Also, I think that you could have sped up the time that was being passed in the house. I feel like a lot of the stuff that they covered could have been covered a little bit quicker. I mean, the passage of time could have been very easy to show. All you had to do was make the two girls' bellies just get, like, a little bit bigger every time. I mean, it still shows a passage of time without actually having to say it. And, like I said, you could have very easily shaved off at least a half an hour of that movie. And then I think the, the filmmakers were, they, they, they were playing with visual cues a lot. Like, you know, when they shot back to the past, you could see that the bodies of the people committed suicide were decomposing even more or like or the house the outside of the house at least was getting more ramshackled and you know untidy with the passage of time so right and shots like that i feel like again they show a passage of time and there was nothing wrong with that but it was some of the dragged out scenes like inside the house or when you cut back to the present i just feel like some of those could have been shaved down a little and still your point could have come across. I also really wanted Sandra Bullock to die. Oh, really? Okay, well, well let's put a pin in that. In terms of dragging, like, now, now that we're talking about it, I felt like some characters, they were there for the sake of being there. Like the old woman? Yeah. Oh, I like. I actually liked the old lady because, like, she, she, she had a badass moment. She knocked out um, John Malkovich. I mean, yeah, okay, fine. She did that and she helped deliver two babies. I felt like Felix and Lucy. Yeah, what the hell was that? We never see them again anyway. We just assume they die. Yeah. I Well, one, like, well, Felix was, like, super panicky. Um, and Lucy, I thought, I really thought Lucy would have had a bigger role. Because she was I like, oh, too. yeah, I'm a rookie cop. And... Badass rookie lady yeah, cop. I, really, I seriously yeah. thought that Lucy would have been would have stepped up and she would have been one of the last to 
um, to survive or to get least, them through it, right? Yeah, or make it through it. But she just chickened out with Felix, and I think at the very least, what I was hoping was the unhinged people that are that were driving around in the cars. I would have liked to have hoped that Lucy and Felix would have popped back up in that group because at least you would have had something come full circle. Oh my God, yes! It'd be so cool if, if Tom walks out and he's and he's uh, he uh, when the crazies surround the house, uh, they all get out and there's one last car and then you just, you see Felix and Lucy all possessed too. That would have been so darn it, Ryan! I wanted to see your cut. I wanted to see that now. That would have been so good. Ugh. I mean, like I said, I think that you shave a half an hour off this movie and maybe just toss that in there is just like a little... Either that or just don't have them in the movie. But Lucy Lucy made such an impact. I feel like why wouldn't you want to... Whether it's unsatisfactory or not, just give her an ending. Running off like that? I'm sorry. Like what rookie cop who is like ready to be a cop, ready to die would fuck off like that. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. Even if like fear desperation is like a the main driver, that is such a bad plan. They just took the car and drove off. And meanwhile, like you you don't you don't know I mean you're you're you can't drive. I don't know how long how long can you drive without having like windows and and blinds and well in that car they could have been just fine because they managed to get to the grocery store and back just okay but it's not that that doesn't become your problem what becomes your problem is gas how are you gonna fill up a gas can if you can't see how are you like what are you gonna do go around town siphoning all of the gas blindfolded what are you gonna do who is operating the gps satellites that are (laughs) that are uh, up, uh, making the the car's internal GPS work. I don't know. Well, presumably in space, nothing will happen to you. So, like, if you're up in space, you don't actually know what's going on on Earth. That's a sequel. That's a sequel. <laughs> the virus, the demon <laughs> virus goes to space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... If you think about it, like, if there's anyone that's up in space during the time of this movie, like, they don't actually know what's happening. But don't don't you think they would notice like all of NASA has stopped contacting them or, or or But what if NASA didn't? Like for all we know, NASA's got a whole panic room down there for their entire group of employees. Oh, so so NASA's the true heroes of the story. Na- <laughs> NASA the jerks. <laughs> okay, so now that we're talking about science, um and I'm gonna uh, this is this is what I what I posit. So supposedly, Bird Box and A Quiet Place are both looking to have sequels. Supposedly, however, here is my thing. One thing I do think that the the parallel that people keep making between Bird Box and A Quiet Place they're two very different things. I think that had they killed a kid, it would have been way too close to A Quiet Place. And I don't think I could have watched another movie where I have to watch a kid die. Because watching A Quiet Place, that was very, very traumatic. I will say, and this goes for both movies, but we're talking about Bird Box. For both of them, I if they're going to do a sequel, I would love to see a sequel from a science perspective. Like a scientist that's like holed up trying to figure all this out. So like... So like someone like in C- like a, like a CDC researcher who- or anything, whether it's someone that does um like uh, whether it's somebody from the government and a scientist and this and that whatever, just someone who could deal with the science aspect of it, and it might answer the question: Why do some people just become completely unhinged but can walk around freely, and some people feel compelled to kill themselves and actually succeed? I would love a like a character driven story where like we were like in in meteor res and we're in like some facility and the CDC doctor is talking to a possessed crazy guy and he's trying to like establish a rapport to like like he's like the guy's just spouting nonsense like yes see the truth see the light and then and then the doctor's trying to like analyze it from a rational perspective right. Like, sedate him and, like, examine his brain. You know what I mean? If they're going to do a sequel, I want to see it from a science perspective. Because movies like this, I mean, maybe not A Quiet Place so much, but Bird Box, something that affects... I have to assume it's neurological. I have to assume it's something to do with the brain. 
I would love to see it from like a science perspective. So if you're going to do a sequel, do it from that that half of it because that would be really really amazing. So are you leaning towards the theory that this is more like a like some type of virus or a biological agent or something in the water or in the air or whatever as opposed to like something more metaphysical like actual like demons? Um, I'm honestly down for either. Mm-hmm. I, I which do... one? Would, I, I I guess which one? If if there was an actual concrete answer, which one would be more satisfying? It sounds like you want a more you get more satisfaction out of a scientific answer. I do only because I feel like, especially recently, when you chalk something up to a creature, it just feels like a cheap way out because it could be anything. But think of the effects that we saw, the electricity and and the way it affected the electrical equipment, except for what was in the car. And I mean, you could even sprout a weird, weird theory that it was done via the government to cleanse the population because mankind, because we're, we suck, or maybe the population is too much, so they want to wipe out you know, however much of humanity to rebuild. Someone so, someone decided to do a Thanos snap, but with a biological agent? Maybe. Maybe that's the answer. But I, I feel like, especially recently, having things to do with a lot of monsters and creatures, it's just not that I'm getting tired of it, but when it comes to stuff like this, I just feel like it's really easy to say, oh, it's aliens. And <laughs> the meme, aliens. <laughs> aliens. Where, I mean, I if you think about it from the science half of it or the government half of it, that's more terrifying. Because it's man-made. Exactly. And it's not completely impossible given our current government. Like, what if they want to kill all of us? Like, we don't know. So something that, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, people have government conspiracy theories about all this all the time. And while I'm not a conspiracy theory nut, the idea of our government or just a governing body releasing an agent like this into the world to erase the population is fucking terror is more terrifying to me than aliens i'm sorry (laughs) yeah it's more sinister yeah it really is so for me i guess yeah my i would like it to be more of a science biological weapon sort of answer than aliens and let me guess you want aliens i think if it's from a science standpoint, I think that's a harder corner to write yourself out of. But if you do find a way to write it out, I think whatever you've come up with will be really ingenious or really creative or just or it just makes you stop and really think. Because like, like knowing me, I would love it if it's just like an El Cthulhu god demon kind of thing. But like that's, that's something that you can easily just take, you can just accept. It's like, oh, okay, that's, yeah. I mean, that, but it, I think that's a little bit more low-hanging fruit and, or it's just like the easy way out. Um, but yeah, I, I I think, and I don't know, from a, and a lot, like a common theme or like a lot of post-apocalyptic films, you know, it comes from like man, like it's like the consequences of, of man doing something wrong or doing something going down a particular path uh so like mad max is like it was driven by climate change and overlands and oil and then like lack of water and now people are fighting over those the 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 meager resources left and i don't know i think i think i would like to see a science route as well i do have one question for you this was the literal first thing that i thought of when i was watching this movie okay if bird box were to happen to us right now, what do you think you would see? If you got taken over, what do you think you'd see? What you see or hear is really subjective. Exactly. And I feel like it's very self-reflective of who you are as a person. Yeah. Which again, science, like why do some people survive and some not? Why do you hear certain things and not others? So again, I just, it really like, it was really bugging me. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it would it would my first I guess like gut impulse, like it would prey on like like nuggets of like 
personal anxiety or insecurity and just like extrapolate it to the max. So like, um, I don't know. Oh God. Like it would be like this crazy voice that will tell you like, you're going to be, you're like, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be like, you're always going to be alone for like forever and ever, ever. So you should end it now. And it's like something like that's really dark and existential, like existentially crippling. And it's like, well, I mean, something that like drives in like, well, I, I, I'm trying to find the words. I think, I think seeing something, seeing and hearing like something so overwhelming that just drives me to like lose all hope. I think that would, that was like the general ballpark ballpark of what would happen i think the only thing that could convince me that self-destruction was the only option i think the only two people that i would actually be able to hear that would of sound mind i know they would never do it but of unsound mind i would follow them to the end of the earth would be my grandmother who is not with us anymore and i would absolutely have a lydia moment where i would be like oh my god no don't leave and i i know it would get to me or tom really it, yeah, it would be the people that I care about the most that are the closest to me that are basically telling me to self-destruct that would cause me to do it. Because I already suffer from crippling anxiety and depression, so <laughs> I'm like, I'm good on that front. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn, that got, that got, got real, real quick. Okay, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> watch Bird Box with a box of wine or a bottle. I don't care. I don't judge. But you should. Yeah. Maybe a tub of ice cream. Or ice cream. Or both. Know. Don't they have wine-flavored mm-hmm. ice cream? Isn't that a thing? I'm sure. Yeah, science. No, no, no I'm, science, pretty sure, science. I'm pretty sure Halo Top has, like, wine-flavored ice cream. I, I Yes. I'm There's sure, your solution. I, I would be so surprised <laughs> if someone hasn't made wine-flavored ice cream at this moment. There's your solution right there. Go have yourself a nice tub of wine-flavored ice cream. Indeed. So, how about we fast forward to you know? Okay, you know what? I I didn't I didn't have a glass of wine or a tub of ice cream on me, but um, I legit cried uh, or started to tear up a lot um, in the third act of the movie where uh, Sandra Bullock and boy and girl all get separated after the rapids and. They, they get separated and Sandra falls down the hill and they all get separated. And like the creatures, they're all like whispering to each of them. They're whispering to the kids and saying, take the blindfolds yeah. off because they sound like her. Yeah. And then then you see you see the, the little girl um, in particular struggle because um, leading up through the second act and a little bit of foreshadowing the first act um you see sandra really struggle and really consider um or really i guess insinuate that she's gonna sacrifice the girl to get through the rapids um and then she has a change of heart and i i guess after reflecting of all the experiences especially here especially how kind and sweet olivia or olympia was um but so when there's this scene where they're all separated, um, she finds boy and then boy's like, she's not coming because she's scared of you. And then Sanja has this, this existential moment where she's like, oh no, like in my, uh, in my desire or in my mission to protect these kids from everything, from harm, I haven't given them, you know, the emotional... I, I, I neglected to do them emotionally. Um, I haven't given them like a sense of safety. Uh, and because and the girl, the girl obeys her out of like uh, obedience to authority for the most part. Uh, and, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and I guess like fam- familiarity, uh, but not from a like motherly kind of, or from a, I guess from not from a mother daughter sort of affection. But then you had this really impassioned, um, I guess, soliloquy from Sandra where she's weeping. She's crying for girl to come back um, because she she 
really does want to show her that there's more to life and that she wants to show them so many things like there's still beautiful things in the world even though shit's really bad and it's like oh shit yeah but okay so but that but this was sort of my thing so she has this this revelation she has this moment and i think it was it was sort of perfect it it bookended her as a character it showed her growth uh and enough time had gone by so i think it was kind of perfect where had they made it to the door and sandra bullock decided to protect her kids and peek through the blindfold to just as a distraction and only the kids survive i wouldn't have hated that either Mm-hmm. I'm kind of let down that she survived, but I understand why she did. And I think what really like drove that home was the fact that the OBGYN from the beginning of the movie ends up where they end up. So going into that, knowing that, I would have been like, the kids are going to be fine. Would you feel Sandra Bullock's emotional and narrative arc would have been stronger if she died? Like she, like, 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 like she would. Like, like she makes the ultimate sacrifice um, to save her kids. I don't know if it would have been stronger, but I, I think that... See, to me, I felt like I, I was really satisfied that she lived. I was satisfied. I just, I think that if they decided to kill her, it wouldn't have affected me either way. I, I'm, I accept both endings. I guess I was just looking for a little bit more, and maybe that stemmed from the fact that they introduced us to two characters who we thought were going to be more prominent than they were, and I just wanted something a little bit more solid. I don't know. Uh, okay. I see. Um, yeah, I thought... I, I was really satisfied that Sandra Bullock lived, and she, now... I feel like I felt, like, so relieved for her. Like, oh my god, Sandra, you can actually take a break. You could actually not be on survival mode all the time. You could actually be a loving mother and like let yourself be vulnerable and connect with your kids in like that true motherly way. And uh, and like the perfect example of that, she actually gives them names at the end, which is really sweet. Also, those birds would in reality never have survived that entire thing. Yeah, they get those birds got submerged and potentially drowned so many times. In 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 water, like those birds would have been dead. Why were they feeding the birds? I was curious. They didn't have any worms on them or I, I don't know. Uh, it looked like she took the seed from their cage and put it in the box. And she would go into the river and that's how she would feed them water with like her hand. Which all well and good, like, a, like birds could survive that way. But the minute that box was submerged underwater, I feel like that was it. I'm wondering, so this does this thing only affect humans? Because birds seem to know wh- what's up um, when the creature or whatever this thing is, is around. Does this apply to animals? Are animals killing themselves or is it just humans? Well, I'm confused about that because uh, at the end there was a seeing eye dog that was there. Oh, yeah. So how did the C, unless the C and I dog was there in the the school for the blind, which the, we don't know. Place. Yeah. But on TV they did show a horse running next to a truck, and I don't know. I couldn't see anything in the horse's eyes that would have indicated that it would have been taken over. I got the feeling that it was trying to show you that the people in the truck were trying to run the horse over. But I don't know, because there weren't any real animals in the movie. Yeah. That could also be something else as a sequel. Like, what happens if it happens to a farmer? And what's going to happen to all of their animals, their livestock? Yeah. Also... Do the animals go nuts first, and that gives you time to hole yourself up in your farm? Like, what happens? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to... Can Well, I guess it... Maybe, maybe birds have, like, this magical MacGuffin immunity to the virus or whatever. But I'm trying to think... Again, something science can explain. Yeah, but I'm trying to I'm trying to think, like, how did... Especially at how fast acting this uh, phenomenon occurs. Like, how did... How did it spread from Russia across the Atlantic to the U.S. so fast? Unless... 
unless there were like various separate but concurrent like uh, outbreak points but i don't know well on one of the news on on one of the news bulletins now i don't know if they were showing the trajectory of how it was going to go or if that was it landing but it landed from russia to alaska from anchor to anchorage yeah yeah but mm. oh I know, this is us trying to, like, make too much sense out of it. Sometimes you just got to suspend belief. Well, I yes, I do think that in some occasions you do have to suspend disbelief, but it also doesn't help that this movie was incredibly vague, which was probably done on purpose for reasons like this, where you can come up with really everything under the sun. I guess the demon, if, if it's from, if it's like some malevolent creature force that can, like, just magically float over water, then I, I guess that's fine. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, who's to say it didn't hop from Russia to a sailor that was heading towards Alaska? Or hop into an electric eel, into a shark, into a fish that gets caught by a fisherman and then eaten. Like, we have no idea. There were no fish in that water. There was no fish in that water. This is true. I'm just really curious. Can animals be carriers to, like... You should tweet the director and find out. Yeah, I should. That'd be great. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) Who knows? Random questions about... About world building. About bird box is. and world yeah, building. About bird box. Um, but yeah. Uh, what, so what were your thoughts? Did, or did you have any other thoughts about the ending? No, I think that my, my biggest thing was that it did drag a little. I think, again, like I said, shave off a half an hour and maybe have a concluding storyline with uh, Lucy and Frank or Frankie or whatever his name was. And I'd be more than satisfied. I didn't hate it. I didn't. It's not like my favorite movie, but it was a good watch. It was entertaining and it was a good premise. Now, if they're going to do what I think they're going to do and they're going to make a sequel, I would like to see a different side of it now. I don't want to follow somebody else who's struggling to get through it. I get if Netflix was like a, a normal Hollywood studio. I mean, they the, the Netflix keeps a keeps it pretty close to the chest on 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 views and ratings and stuff but they were they were saying it they were saying how i think what um the movie was getting like some crazy amount crazy number of plays like 80 million plays in like the first week or and a half or something like that um so i i and i guess the proof is that it's in the pudding and the pudding being like how viral it got and how it for like a like two or three weeks we just saw nothing but bird box memes and the really problematic bird box challenge so i think netflix has the hard numbers to justify getting a sequel or making a sequel and i i mean if they don't make a sequel i'm perfectly fine i i enjoyed this film i think it was uh, pretty enjoyable. I think it was like a interesting post-apocalyptic film. I think they did um, some interesting things, and I thought Sandra Sandra Bullock is like at the top of her game. Like she, I just love her, and I think this is one of her best performances. Um, and I'm I'm glad that she's still kicking it, and uh, even after all all this time in Hollywood. Um, and also, I'm firm. I'm a firm believer that her and Keanu Reeves are immortal vampires because uh, they don't age. Yeah, like I think Sandra Bullock's at least like mid fifties, and she does not. She hasn't aged a day since like Speed. It's crazy. And oh, oh this is a slight tangent, but um, there was this really interesting. Oh, I I kept thinking about this story after watching Bird Box. So, um, there's a podcast called Invisibilia, which is produced by NPR, and the whole, the main concept of Invisibilia, wow, Invisibilia is to report and discuss the hidden connections that connect people, and yeah, so this is one super fascinating episode in this first season, and it's called How to Become Batman. And it's the story of um, 
this blind man who effectively he he's like a, a real life daredevil um it's it's crazy so this guy um he he argues that blindness um to an extent is a social construct um and then that um despite being blind you could perfectly go throughout life um uh without like the use of a cane or um a seen eye dog like just using your natural senses and what's really incredible about this story so this is guy um who um through a really interesting mix of uh social like i guess like lack of social conditioning and a specific set of expectations and the freedom to explore and to quote unquote fail and learn from your mistakes this um this guy effectively he was i think was either born blind or lost his sight at a very very young age but he taught himself how to echolocate in real life um he could just operate just as well as any other uh normal seeing person uh, and to illustrate his point um and to um basically say shut up to the na- the naysayers he recorded this viral video where he effectively um showed how you could ride a bike um and bike long distances just by using this system of echolocation so basically he would click he would literally like make clicking noises and uh trained his mind and his ears and his other senses to gauge his surroundings like a bat would and it's a really fascinating story um and this guy made his life's work to um make a point that blindness can be like blindness to an extent is a social construct and you can teach you can uh condition people to be super functioning adults and uh with this just by being blind and by teaching uh generations of kids how to echolocate themselves and it's just a super fascinating story and it's like i kept thinking about that 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 story in that podcast episode when i saw bird box it's like what like um like yeah I mean, if this guy was around or if this guy existed in that universe, you'd be like, yeah, guys, we got this. There's no, there's no reason you should, you should, um, you know, be so panicked. That's awesome. That's actually also very fascinating. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that yeah, out. Yeah, so I definitely recommend it. So we could put a, uh, a link in the show notes. Uh, so again, that's Invisibilia and the episode is called How to Become Batman. So Ryan, do you have any last thoughts about the movie? That was my big last thought, a minor, minor tangent. No, it's fine. I think that that was a very relevant and welcome tangent. So I think it fits. No, I I pretty much made my case. So although yours sounds so much better. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that was that was really it. Um, like I said, I think that if they do uh, do this thing that everyone seems to be doing, which is extend the universe, make more money. I just want to see something from a science perspective. I would love it if an ornithologist pops up and explains why the birds are surviving. For those of you that don't know what ornithology is, it's the study of birds. I took ornithology. I'm a nerd. Hi. Um, so that, for, I mean, that for me would just make my little nerdy brain so happy. But just science in general, I would just like to see that kind of an explanation for it. Or reasoning, even. Oh, my God. Th- ortho- ortho- oh, God. A bird, a bird man, a bird man, a bird man and a CDC doctor. I can't pronounce. I can't. I'm tired. Ornithologist. Ornithologist. I got hey. it. I did it. Yes. Um, and a CDC researcher. They team up and sci- science. And maybe a psychologist. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. Because yes. what if they figure out that there are certain psychotropic drugs that will put them in a, like, a sedative state where they can actually talk to the person? That's no longer possessed. Who's the person? Uh, Doesn't matter. I, I don't. 
I know, I know it's a cop out, but I just want Anthony Hopkins as like a crazy possessed. <laughs> We've seen him as a crazy possessed priest already. I think we're good. No, Anthony Hopkins needs to be in everything. <laughs> so do we want to give this a rating? I will give it a, oh, this is a 3.75 out of five. I will give it, yeah, you know what? I'll give it three and three quarter birds out of five birds. Uh, cool. Well, uh, that's it for Bird Box. Um, it's still on Netflix. So if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out uh, if you haven't yet. And uh, it's also based on a book of uh, with the same name. Really recent book. It came out in 2014. Um, I, I think... I think it's just, yeah, I think it's, it's just a single book. Uh, there's, there's no sequel. It's not part of a franchise. Um, so maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we could revisit it and we could do a uh, comparison episode. But yeah. But yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, it, it's called Bird, Bird Box. So same name. Written by Josh Mailer, Mailerman. And uh, yeah. Uh, available in print, ebook, and audiobook. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please, pretty please, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Literally, everything under the sun helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. We're also on Facebook. We have a group uh, under our podcast name. And, guys, brand new website you can check us out at at leftfordread.com woo it's shiny it's beautiful um we're really proud of it it's really good thank you wix (laughs) Wix wix.com you're a friend thank you wix and don't forget to stay dreadful